Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stanfield. He is EY Eric Young. And I am Greg Sussman. What's happening, Frankie? Greg, happy Tuesday to you. I hope it's a happy Tuesday. If you haven't heard by now, last night was our holiday party. And while it was very fun, Greg, a lot of us are suffering from a rough morning. How'd you sleep, buddy? Oh, boy, Frank. It was a rough one. <laughs> it was a rough one. Last night, our uh, Sports Grid holiday party was a blast, a really, really good time. Mostly everyone was here, which was awesome. Um, and we had a great time, Frank. It, w- it was really, really fun. Um, we both made it home, which was great. Barely. But. Um, and going to sleep was not pleasant. Waking up was less pleasant. <laughs> um, but I feel, at this moment, I feel the best as I felt all day. I ate lunch, which was great. I had a, a salad, but I had a lot of the bread that I had last night. That, that was good. Intern da- that intern Dave packed for us. You say lunch, but it's just a salad. It was a good salad. It was a good salad. I feel good. I drank a lot of water. I'll probably get more water during the break. Uh, and I'm feeling better. How are you feeling? I'm all right. I- I'm slowly coming along as-, as the day goes here, Greg. But I share a lot of the same sentiments as you. Very rough getting out of bed this morning, uh, but a lot of fun. Game last night was great between the Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, we got to talk about that. A lot of fantasy implications coming out of that game as well. Uh, and of course, we're joined by our good buddy, EY, the lucky one. How's it going, EY? Yeah, it's it's going good, boys. It's good to be me. Uh, Monday Night Raw in the hometown last night, so uh, that was enjoyable. Uh, made an appearance on the actual show. Fairly exciting. Um, had a lot of uh, friends and family in the crowd last night. Enjoyed a, a, a pretty good show. Um, had a bunch of the good brothers back to my place, and I was also up very, very late. 4.30 a.m. Oh bedtime God. for me. Oh, my God. And yeah. EY, EY looks like he's a little... Uh, he does. <laughs> like, Cheers, yeah, there it is. We're, we're all trying to recover together are, right like, now. And EY, like, was slammed on the mat a few times last night. We wouldn't even do that part. Yeah. Us, right? Like, we just drank. He did the slamming part <laughs> and, and then drank with the good brothers. So it's like... What a night for us. EY, when you say that, you know, you, you had Raw last night in, in your hometown, um, yeah. you mean Parts Unknown? Huh. Parts Unknown, yeah. Well, <laughs> was, I, I think I was actually announced from Nashville last night. Oh, you were? Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Did you get the hometown pop? 
I, I suppose you could say that. Yeah. I mean, whenever uh, we come through here, the, my last time wrestling here was uh, with NXT and we sure. were at the heat of our, you know, the very top of our kind of yeah. bad guy heel run as sanity. And we wrestled heavy machinery and those guys got booed out of the building and they basically cheered, cheered for me the whole time. And uh, Matt Bloom and uh, uh, Scott, uh, one of the, the, the agents from, uh, from NXT right. made me take the mic and cut a promo. This is definitely my home. Um, this is my, my place. I can live anywhere in the world, sure. literally anywhere. Um, and I choose Nashville, Tennessee. It's my home. There you go. How awesome, how awesome is that, man? And, uh, great. hopefully next time you're in Nashville, you get a, a microphone to say that again, but this time on raw, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. That'd be really, really well, cool. one step at a time, boys. One step at a time. You're on TV. That's the uh, that's the story. You're hometown. We're all on TV, Greg. How about that? We're all on TV. <laughs> Channel five seventeen here on Pluto seven nineteen, of course, on Zumo. So, uh, Frank, I noticed when you introduced EY, you you called him the lucky one. Yeah. Uh, mm. Why is this? Mm. And, and mm. I'm allowed to say that because what I'm about to say is, uh, you are you Irish EY because uh, got lucky this week going up against your BFFs. We're battling out in the pit league. Winner gets a bye week. And, yep. and you just so happen to squeak by, EY. How does it feel, buddy? Having a really good good time, really good year in the pit league. My team is is loaded. Uh, I'm really set up well for the playoffs. I wish I was playing again this week. Um, I'm super happy with my team. Uh, look, anytime I can beat you guys <laughs> with Nick Foles at the controls playing a half and giving negative points, it's a good day. It's, it's not just a good day. It, it, I would say it's a great day for you, EY. Of course, we got Devontae Parker, Greg. Uh, mm, man, amazing how sweet it is, boys. I feel like I deserve that. Yeah. How sweet like it is. Forever doubting Devontae Parker, of course, uh, when we go up against him, EY's favorite, I feel like your favorite player in the NFL. We got to get you a Devontae Parker jersey, man, because you, you know are. What? We probably should, you know, I know we have to pay for him to come stay with us. That's right. But I'll buy him a Devontae Parker jersey. <laughs> yeah, we, we could swap that in. We'll get you a Devontae Parker sure. jersey instead of uh, paying for your trip in here, EY. It's been a painful, it's been a painful, painful relationship. Uh, very abusive for me early on. I uh, felt like the love was only going one way, but now it is. Uh, we're on even, even keel, me and Devontae. I mean, like, all kidding aside, I mean, this guy is actually showing up and, and is the guy that everyone thought he was going to be. And a lot of people uh, abandoned him. I can tell you, I, I traded him. I, I can't remember who it was, but it was something, someone very valuable in uh, in a serious dynasty league that I'm in, that I'm absolutely smashing in, uh, full IDP, uh, defensive ends, all that stuff. But I traded for him and uh, I, I got him. Most people would consider it a one-sided trade for the other guy, but they're not saying that now. He's my number one receiver. He's been really good all year. Yeah, finally showing up. We spoke about Devontae Parker yesterday, Greg, and how you know if you started him this week, he likely got you to the fantasy playoffs single-handedly if you needed that win to get in. So huge season for Devontae Parker. And you know sometimes it takes a couple of years for these guys. Not everyone comes into the league right away, and they're yep. you know Julio Jones or Odell Beckham. It took a couple of years for him, but the athleticism is there. He struggled with drops in the past. It hasn't been an issue for him this year, Greg. Making contested catches. We all saw that throw on fourth down this week where Ryan Fitz. Patrick just lofted the ball up there. Devontae Parker doing his best Randy Moss impersonation. So it, it took a couple of years, but he has really, really developed into a wide receiver one for the Miami Dolphins moving forward. All right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, let's not chat about Devontae Parker. We'll, we'll talk about the Dolphins for sure. It's our waiver wire show. I got to get into Monday Night Football, not because the Seahawks won, because Dalvin Cook got hurt. And we'll talk about the extent of that injury. 
what that means for your fantasy playoffs and those that are facing off in the first round of those playoffs when we return here on the BFFs. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Wager Talk with Teddy Covers and Ralph Michaels. The Chargers found another way to lose. A late pass interference flag. Was the flag a good flag to throw or no? Because I didn't think it was. It was not. I had the under, Teddy. I lose it on on the Chargers making that 4th and 11 pass from their own 20 or else the game would have ended with a three-point game but three points less. Yeah, I do not like refs deciding games. Weekdays, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio, Zumo TV 719, Stir and Pluto TV, Channel 517. It says you plus me equals uh, EY, are you a big fan of Together? I can give you one guess. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Wrong again. Ah! You don't have this on vinyl? Come on, EY. <laughs> Working on a tough one. That's a tough one to find, guys. Very rare. By the way, isn't I believe it. He has this entire room just full of them. And he, play, and he actually plays them. It's not like he's just, it's just there for show. Yeah, he, he has like the old school like vinyl player thing. Drop. Play, the, and the, just, I don't even. What do you what do you call that? Like you drop like the pin down and it, and it starts playing. Needle. Or whatever? Needle. Needle. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. He's got like all. He's got everything from like Lady Gaga to like the Stones. It's oh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, my pops has like a whole just dresser filled with him in my yep. house. Yep, it's awesome. So, all right. So uh, I mentioned last night while Ey was uh, battling on Raw and we were. You know, drinking heavily. Um, Dalvin Cook, I watched him. As somebody that traded for Dalvin Cook last week, I watched him score touchdown. I'm like, yeah. And then I watched him walk to the locker room. And I was like, oh, my God. Now, Sunday morning, literally half hour before the games begin, I come from a trade where I traded away Golden Tate for Alexander Madison. <laughs> a half hour before, maybe 20 minutes Thank before. Thank your lucky stars, Griggy. And now... It's interesting because I don't want Dalvin Cook to play because Dalvin Cook's going to be limited and Dalvin Cook's not going to play his normal amount of snaps and now I'm screwed. I think you want Dalvin Cook to play, I don't. Greg. I do not. You really don't. I want one guy. The worst thing that could possibly happen is there's multiple guys involved and that's what's going to happen now with Dalvin Cook. So he wound up injuring his shoulder and Dr. David, ja- David Chad did a fantastic job breaking this down. He hurt his shoulder um, two weeks back. Guy in the Vikings game before their bye, and you could see he like it. You could see him grimace and, and hold on to his shoulder a little bit, and he wound up um, playing through it and then having a bye. But he, what he did to his shoulder was I don't know if he separated his SC joint or he strained it heavily. He basically had or has what Tyreek Hill had that kept him out for a month earlier this season, but less severe. It's just a, it's a pain tolerance issue for Dalvin Cook. So last night, when he got hit on it, you actually saw it two weeks ago, and Chad posted the video of it, that he, when he fell after getting tackled, he landed on the other shoulders because he didn't want to hurt himself. So last night, after he fumbled, he got hit in the shoulder. And there's nothing you could do besides probably go back to the locker room and get a shot to numb the pain. But it's all pain tolerance when it comes to that shoulder. So could he have come back in the game last night? Yeah, 
He could have. That's why he was on the bench. That's why he was in pads. But the game script didn't call for him to. Obviously, he had Alexander Madison. He was playing well. So they didn't. But next week, he'll be good to go. The problem is, if he gets hit in the shoulder or lands wrong, you're in trouble. And that's why I'm really nervous when it comes to Dalvin Cook. And I think a reason why they might be able to sit him out in that game, Greg, while it is a divisional matchup against the Detroit Lions, probably no Matthew Stafford. As of now, the Vikings are 13-point favorites, so they're big favorites in that game. Yes, it's a, division, a divisional game, but they're expected to be winning for a large majority of that or just you know, just win in general. So I don't know that they're going to need the services of Dalvin Cook, which sounds crazy because obviously you can always use Dalvin Cook. But Greg, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. And what are people doing? Why does it take so long to pick up your handcuffs? Alexander Madison is 32% owned on Yahoo. Let me get this straight. Dalvin Cook is owned in 100% of leagues. That means there is 68% of leagues where the Dalvin Cook owner does not own Alexander Madison. What are people doing? We, we spoke about this weeks ago, a month ago, where you need to own your handcuffs, especially a player like Dalvin Cook, where he has been injury-prone in the past. So I don't really understand it. We've been telling people for a while now, this happens every single year, where a handcuff ends up emerging and winning people fantasy football championships, a la C.J. Anderson from last season. But Dalvin Cook needs to be owned by the Dalvin Cook... Uh, I mean... Obviously, Dalvin Cook is already owned. Alexander Madison needs to be owned by the Dalvin Cook owner. And I put out the poll before the show. Who is your top waiver wire ad? No surprise. Alexander Madison is winning the poll with 53% of the vote. It's a no-brainer. We've said that a guy like Tony Pollard, a guy like Alexander Madison, it's a league winner. If anything happens to the guy in front of him, this is the type of guy that can win you a league. I think there's other guys out there on the waiver wire that potentially have that um, ability, but none so um, like Alexander Madison. EY, you've obviously battled through a lot of injuries in, in your own profession. You saw Dalvin Cook last night. You saw him hurt his shoulder. He's going to try to play through it. He has no doubts. He says he'll be ready to go this Sunday. Uh, what do you think of Dalvin Cook's shoulder injury? <clears throat> it, it, I mean, it is a toss-up because the reality is, 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 is like what Frank said, is I don't think they're going to need Dalvin Cook, um, and, and that's going to depend on, 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 on that. I think what the, the big thing will be is – how much does Delvin Cook want to play? I feel your star running back. He's been their number one player all year. He's their best offensive weapon. And if he says, I'm good to play and tells the coach, I want to play, he's going to play. I mean, that's just the reality of it, whether they need it or not. If he wants to play, it's going to be hard to talk someone, especially a guy that's been injury prone, hasn't. I mean, this is his year to prove that he can can play, can play a full season and can be effective. So, I mean, to me, it's a 50-50. Literally at this point, it's 50-50. He says he's going to be he's going to play and he's going to be fine. How much do they try to talk him out of playing, though? That's that's going to be the interesting part. This is a really weird situation going into this week. Greg, to EY's point, this is almost like a Kevin Durant situation from the playoffs, the championship last year for the Golden State Warriors, right? Don't the Minnesota Vikings almost have to protect Dalvin Cook from himself? Like, of course, he is a star running back for the team. He's going to want to play, obviously, but you have to think big picture here. I mean, they're trying to make a run deep into the postseason, and I think that they have a good enough team to compete in the playoffs. Don't you need Dalvin Cook for later in the year? in games where you're not a 13-point favorite in the postseason where you want him to be 100% healthy, it almost feels like the Minnesota Vikings have to protect Dalvin Cook from himself heading into Week 14. It's possible, and they have the ability to do that, right? They obviously could rule him out. I think that... They have a good backup in Madison. 
He's and perfectly fine. The most important game on the Vikings schedule is on December 23rd, right? That is Monday Night Football at home against the Packers. Like That is the most important game left. And that's probably, game. what, week 16? It's week 16. They need to get you down. want them right for that game, man. You do, but you do have to win the next couple to continue to put yourself in the right position. You don't want to take it for granted, but 13-point favorites against David Blow and the Detroit Lions. Totally you under- probably don't need Dalvin Cook. Totally understand, and I, and I agree, and it's at home, the whole deal. Um, we'll see. You know, if again, it's a pain tolerance issue. He tells you he's fine. He's fine. And the problem is, you know, at practice, he's not going to get hit, right? So everything he does at practice is going to be normal. He's going to do everything that he always would do. Can he survive the entire game 60 minutes on Sunday? Or are they going to be cautious with him? And when they're cautious with him, what do fantasy owners do? That's the conundrum that we find ourselves in. There's nothing that we can do. This could be a David Johnson situation all over again. Like, From earlier in the season where precisely. he's active and doesn't play at all. Plays one play. Oh my plays God. One I play, can see it now, man. Doesn't feel right. Dude, I can see it now. Like, I wish, and I don't, yeah. admittedly, I wish I had the balls just to start Alexander Madison in my lineup this week over Dalvin Cook. If they're both active. Yeah. yeah, and that might be a decision you have to make. But ultimately, let's just... Cross our fingers, hope that the Minnesota Vikings protect Dalvin Cook from himself. Again, I don't think that they're going to need him against the Detroit Lions, but ultimately, they need him right for later on in the season against the Packers in Week 16, and beyond that, going into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think that uh, Dalvin Cook, one of the bigger question marks now entering the fantasy players. There's a lot of other question marks, guys, um, and specifically in two situations with running backs that we saw uh, emerge this past week, San Francisco and Kansas City. Two spots where you want the running back, right? Like, you want to get this right. Let me start in San Francisco, EY, where Raheem Mostert dominated snaps, dominated uh, carries. He was fantastic for San Francisco against a good Baltimore Ravens team. Now, I've always been on record of saying I want the Kyle Shanahan running back. The problem mm. this year has been... <laughs> which one? We don't know which running back that is. I followed the money last year with Jarek McKinnon. Obviously, he got hurt. I followed the money this year with Tevin Coleman, and he was great when he had those four touchdowns. Now... I don't know. Matt Breida could be back this week. Coleman's still around. Obviously, Mostert was amazing last week, and Jeff Wilson Jr. is there to steal some touchdowns. EY, Mostert's out there on most waiver wires. What what do we do? I feel like you got to go get him. I mean, the rest of the reality is the Shanahan running back has been effective, always has been, and probably always will be. But the truth is, is it's a dart throw. You never know week to week who's going to get the bulk of the carries. I don't think there was a single person that thought Mostert would get more than Coleman this year or than this week, and he did. And when he got the carries, he looked amazing. Good luck figuring that one out. We'll have more on Raheem Mostert, and we'll get to the Kansas City Chiefs and a whole lot of Miami Dolphins talk. It's coming your way next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Then dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com. You can dominate FanDuel and DraftKings and compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com Optimizer. The most accurate projections in all of NBA DFS. Plus, you'll get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and so much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. DailyRoto.com slash dunk to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash dunk. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are. 
All right. Before we went to the break, Frank, I was talking to Eric about Raheem Mostert and the San Francisco 49ers. And, and EY's suggestion was you got to go out and get him. Go out and do it because he looked awesome. And maybe he is the next man up. Maybe he has taken control of this backfield. Are you buying that? Yeah, we spoke about this a little bit yesterday, and it's hard to argue with it, right? Whenever Raheem Mostert has been given an opportunity, he has looked pretty damn good. He's a very explosive running back. The yards per carry have been high in his career, albeit on a small sample size, but he has that breakaway ability. I was just looking at some PFF numbers throughout the break, Greg, and Raheem Mostert ranked very highly in elusive rating this week. He ranked very highly in yards after contact per attempt and avoided tackles. So all the underlying metrics from a running back that you want to see, Raheem Mostert ranks very highly on a lot of those uh, in week 13. So he dominated snaps here, played 74% of the snaps. Tevin Coleman plays a season low 17.5% of the snaps. And we also mentioned this yesterday that, yes, while it's a muddled situation, Matt Burrito looks like he's going to be back in the mix heading into week 14 against the New Orleans Saints. Both of these guys may have jumped Tevin Coleman on the depth chart now. They probably go with a hot hand approach, but I think as long as a running back is performing this well in a Kyle Shanahan offense, in one of the best offenses in the league, in the San Francisco 49ers, I think you have to have interest. Is he the top running back ad this week? Probably not. There's a few other names that I, I like ahead of him, but I do think he is worth you know being up there as one of your higher priority ads heading into week 14. He's in there, and so is Darwin Thompson of the Kansas City Chiefs. We saw Darrell Williams go out with a non-contact injury. I haven't seen any more on that, but he went down with a non-contact injury on Sunday. We don't not looking good. They're saying hamstring, but I think there's something knee-related as well. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Um, we also know that Damian Williams was not close to playing last week. He missed. Um, he got hurt the week before the bye with a rib injury, I believe it was. Then didn't even practice the week out of the bye. Now he could be back. I mean, he could practice tomorrow. We we know that, but. Now the Chiefs, who had four running backs, are down to two. We know that LaShawn McCoy's reps want to be managed. Darwin Thompson, EY, and I spoke about this a little bit yesterday, was somebody that was drafted before the season began and thought about as a league winner. That's somebody that can get hot down the stretch and actually win you your, uh, win you your playoffs, win you your league. Are you buying Darwin Thompson? Who would you rather have between him and Raheem Mostert? I mean, in a weird uh, twist of fate, I mean, that, that could be the truth is I think uh, the, the Kansas City running backs are the same as San Francisco is like whoever's running the ball, even if it's the number two in Kansas City, I want I want that guy. But the number one reason is Pat Mahomes. You have to respect him. You cannot bring eight guys down in the box, nine guys down in the box. It's a light forward front uh, frontal attack every time. And that's because Mahomes can, can whip it and, and I think Tyreek Hill is probably the fastest, if not top five fastest guys in the NFL. So that leaves plenty of room, plenty of lanes. And like you said, Thompson was a, a darling, was drafted really high in a lot of drafts. Um, I guess I know he's a guy that I had on a ton of best ball leagues and has done basically nothing all year. Um, but I don't imagine you held on to him because he hasn't been involved. But uh, this is a guy that this week could show up big time. Um, McCoy's going to play. He's probably going to start over him. But that doesn't mean that uh, Thompson's not going to get his opportunities. Electric player with the ball in his hands. I think it's a really good point that EY brings up about you know opposing defenses not being able to stack the box against Patrick Mahomes. Whatever running back you have seen play with Patrick Mahomes thus far has been... 
uh, very efficient in terms of their yards per carry, whether it was Kareem Hunt while he was with the team or even Darrell Williams, who is not known for his explosiveness, but he's been able to run effectively. LaShawn McCoy has shown flashes this year where he doesn't look washed up. So it's a good point that you bring up, EY, that you can't stack the box against this Kansas City Chiefs offense, which opens up a lot of running lanes for Kansas City Chiefs running backs. And a lot of people like Darwin Thompson coming into the year, Greg, as you mentioned, really explosive player, ranked 90th percentile in burst score coming out of college. And I do think that there is some upside here, obviously playing in the Chiefs offense, the third highest scoring offense in the NFL right now, posted Season highs, career highs, obviously, for Darwin Thompson this past week. 11 carries, 44 yards, a rushing touchdown as well. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. So if you're asking me between Darwin Thompson and Raheem Mostert, I'm likely leaning with Darwin Thompson because as of now, it looks like he is part of a two-headed backfield with the Kansas City Chiefs, whereas Raheem Mostert is part of a three-headed backfield. And we've seen so so much turnover between both of these uh, running back by committees so far this season. But I would say that the Chiefs offense ranks a little bit higher than the 49ers for me. And because of that, I would I would rather have Darwin Thompson than Raheem Mostert. All right, Darwin Thompson over Raheem Mostert. Or any other, forget the handcuffs for a second, because you know we hope a lot of those handcuffs are owned. If they're not, go out and get them. But other than the handcuffs, Frankie, are there any other running backs that you like that's in that tier with them? Yeah, so I'll mention two names. Patrick Laird, who I notice has been a DFS darling in the industry, Greg, where uh, one of our own, Davis Maddock on RotoExperts.com, has been touting Patrick Laird for weeks now. The Dominator! The Dominator. Actually, uh, we learned yesterday, the intern. intern. The intern is his nickname. Oh, but now he has a full-time job, as they said on the broadcast as well. But let's be honest. Kalen Balazs, very bad running back. And now he is hurt. And there is an opportunity here for Patrick Laird. He did not run efficiently. No one's going to run efficiently behind that Dolphins offensive line. He had 10 carries for five rushing yards, but he did score a touchdown on the goal line. The reason why you want Patrick Laird on your team is because he can catch passes out of the backfield. He just had four catches for 41 yards this past week on five targets. He had 96 total receptions over his final two years at Cal. He played a season high in snaps this past week. He played 42 snaps. He played. He had five snaps as a wide receiver, lined up out, out wide for the Miami Dolphins. So I think in PPR leagues, yes, they're going up against the Jets this week. The Jets have been good against the run, but I think that they're going to use him as an extension of the run game by throwing him short passes. So I think he does have some upside in PPR leagues. And we've got to mention, Greg, it's all over for Ronald Jones. Hashtag free Peyton Barber once again. I don't seriously like Peyton Barber that much, but I think you can run against the Indianapolis Colts, and he is being used in the red zone. It seems like Ronald Jones is once again in the doghouse for Bruce Arians, so I'll just throw the name out there. Peyton Barber, yes, it's gross, but he's scoring touchdowns. I think he has seven total touchdowns on the season, and I think you actually can run against the Indianapolis Colts defense. All right, so you can run against the Colts defense. We'll say I like the Colts defense this week as a stream, as you know. Um, You also were mentioning to me that we got to go over the Rashad Penny-Chris Carson thing. Chris Carson uh, pulled himself out of the game at one point last night at the goal line, so Rashad Penny can score a touchdown. Um, so unselfish. So unselfish. But, EY, despite what Brian Schottenheimer said earlier in the week, this was basically a 50-50 split last night between Penny and Carson. Um, if you are a Carson owner, obviously you continue to start him. He's been uh, money for you all season long. But if you're a Rashad Penny owner, um, or you own both of them, can you start either Penny or both on Sunday during your playoffs? 
I don't feel like that's something that you're going to want to do or feel good about. But the reality is, is this is still a team that wants to run the ball a whole bunch, even though they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Pete Carroll is showing us this. Uh, in, in the offseason, everyone thought like, oh, Penny, you know, he's going to start to overtake Carson. Carson's a jag. He's just a guy. Uh, but in the end, Chris Carson has proven that he is a, a starting running back in the NFL and worthy of starter reps. And he's been, other than the fumbles this year, has been been a very very effective running back but when penny's been given a chance he's also looked very good uh he's had two or three really good weeks statistically and fantasy wise so i feel like maybe as a you know if you're a delvin cook owner and you don't have madison and penny's out there or or, or something like that and you can go get him that's a guy that you could play this week and, and hope he scores a touchdown and gets some yards because it looks like they're they're including penny in the game plan no matter which way you slice it Greg, if we go back to the fantasy football draft season, you'll remember me saying that I didn't really want Russell Wilson on my team because I thought that the Seattle Seahawks were just going to run, 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 and then run some more. Well, over the past couple of weeks, they've gotten back to that. We're not seeing, you know, huge volume games out of Russell Wilson in terms of his pass attempts. Even last night in a game where they score 37 points and there's some back and forth, he only throws the ball 31 times, 240 yards, two touchdowns. They ran the ball 43 times. That is what the Seattle Seahawks want to do. And you mentioned that this was a 50-50 split. Greg, you are not kidding. Chris Carson, 52% of the snaps, 23 carries for 102 yards. He was great. He was still really good for fantasy. Two targets, four red zone rushing attempts, two carries inside the five. Well, Rashad Penny, 47% of the snaps, 15 carries for 74 yards, actually ran more efficiently than Chris Carson. He had five targets, three more than Chris Carson. They both had four red zone rushing attempts. They both had two carries inside the five. They both scored goal line touchdowns. So you're not kidding. This was a 50-50 split. I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball 43 times every single week, but... Heading into a divisional game in week 14 against the Los Angeles Rams, I think that their game plan, once again, is going to be run the football. It was a tough matchup last night against the Vikings, so you didn't really feel great about either Carson or Penny. You likely still ended up using Chris Carson, but I think heading into week 14, Penny has proven himself, and I think that he's going to be in the mix as a high-end flex, low-end RB, too. I don't think that's crazy to say. Would you rather start Penny, or would you rather start the guys that we're mentioning, right? The the Raheem Mostert's, the Patrick Laird's, the Darwin Thompson's, the Peyton Barber's. Would you rather start Penny or those guys? I would start Penny over those guys, just because, you know, I, I know that the 49ers want to run the football, but again, this is a situation with two running backs instead of three in San Francisco. Um, really good offense with the Seattle Seahawks as well, but... Rashad Penny now has proven himself. He has earned a role, and he has come through. And I always say that about you know players in general, but specifically running backs. When you're given an opportunity and you come through on that, I don't think that they're just going to go away from you. I think that they're going to continue to use both of the guys in this offense. So my answer is Rashad Penny over the rest of those guys. We have unfortunately seen it before. They do go away. Uh, right now, the, what the Seahawks are doing, our work is working with that 50-50 split. I think you continue to see it for a team that wants to run the football, and that's the key in some of the differences that you see uh, between those guys and the other players that are out there on the waiver wire. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to the wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, defense. We'll do as much as we can on the waiver wire on the other side of this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Back with you here on the BFFs. Frank Stanfield, EY, Eric Young hanging out. Greg Sussman here too. Now, we went through the running backs. I want to get to the wide receivers next. I want to make sure people have uh, all the information they can when going to the waiver wire. Um, when it comes to these wide receivers, I, I think all of them are, are good. I don't think any of them blow me away, but I don't know any wide receiver at this point will blow me away uh, this part of the season. But all these guys... They're good options, Frank. EY, it's you got Anthony Miller out there. You got Zach Pascal out there. Jimmy Washington's got this connection clearly with Duck Hodges. Um, they went duck hunting together, Greg. Did you see that last week? Apparently, that uh, strengthened their bond both off the field and on the field. James Washington and Duck Hodges. Yes, they went duck hunting together on their day off. And the lizard's back. (laughs) The lizard's back. The lizard king, Alan Lazard. It took. uh, It only took. What, 13, 12 weeks here, EY? But your boy, Anthony Miller, is finally coming through. And I'm pretty excited about Anthony Miller, man, because you look at the targets the past couple of weeks, three weeks in a row with at least nine targets. During that span, he leads the team in target share, leads them in receptions, leads them in receiving yards. And I think that you can actually have some success against the Dallas Cowboys in the slot. They have really strong outside corners, so could be a tougher matchup for Allen Robinson. But look at the past two games against the Cowboys. Last week, we saw Cole Beasley in the revenge game go off. Six catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown out of the slot. The week before that, Julian Edelman, eight receptions for 93 yards in the slot against the Cowboys. Anthony Miller, where does he play? 78% of his snaps so far this season have come in the slot. Based on his target share, his usage, I'm hoping and praying that Taylor Gabriel does not play again this week so that we can see an increased role for Anthony Miller. But EY, I am really, really liking this matchup for Anthony Miller on Thursday night against the Cowboys. Yeah, it does look like the Chicago offense has kind of turned the corner. Trubisky has has looked at least serviceable. And, and the truth is, is Anthony Miller is a guy that I was super high on. Absolutely my number one disappointment this year and and my worst call. Uh, I had him on on all of my teams. Uh, I bet you I had him on absolutely every single best ball. I probably had him higher ranked than anybody. This is a guy that scored a ton of touchdowns last year with one arm. He had that repaired, was fully healthy coming into the season, got banged up just before the season, but wasn't super serious. Uh, but I think this is the Anthony Miller that we're going to see going forward. I didn't lose belief in him, but you just can't hold on a player that isn't being used and is on a team that offensively isn't getting anything done. And the quarterback was wretched. I mean, just an absolutely rotten performance. Uh, Trubisky has turned that around. Uh, it, it at least has looked serviceable and is getting the ball into the hands of his playmakers. And that's Robinson and Miller right now. Robinson has been good all season long. You're on him. Yep. Anthony Miller, somebody that I drafted and was, ho- and was hoping for a bit of a breakout. That didn't happen either. Um, and, and yeah, I don't want to say the Bears' offense is firing on all cylinders because I don't, I don't think it knows how to do that. But Anthony Miller, as long as Taylor Gabriel's out, we got to see if he comes back from this concussion. And the, thankfully for, for us, not really for him, that the game is two days from now, right? So it's even less time than normal. Um, so we'll see. Uh, do I want to pick up Anthony Miller and play him this week? Not really. Is this a normal good. thing where... Two teams that play on Thanksgiving usually play the next Thursday. They yes, do, right? It okay. is. It is a normal. It is. It is a normal thing. Okay. Um, that happens. Now, when I pick up Anthony Miller, if I don't need him, probably not. I, I don't know. I would, man. I, I yeah. really like the usage, the okay. target share that he's seen the past couple of weeks, and the fact that, like Ey pointed out, it's look. You're never going to feel great about Mitchell Trubisky, but he has been playing better as of late. He's had some good matchups, but he's playing better and he's getting the ball in the hands of his best receivers. And right now. Anthony Miller is one of those, so I'm actually pretty excited about him. All right, so other than Anthony Miller, I mentioned Zach Pascal. We talked a lot about him yesterday. T.Y. Hilton, quote, hopes to play again sometime this year. So I'm like... <laughs> Whatever that means. Thanks. 
Uh, T.Y., that, I hope you play this year as well. But this week, you go back to your man, Zach Paschal. And I think that you can kind of marry Zach Paschal and James Washington together because their roles are... Dependent? Dependent on, you know, other players being out. So T.Y. Hilton potentially not playing this week. It, it already sounds like Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to play in Week 14. And both Zach Pascal and James Washington have phenomenal matchups this week, Greg. Pascal going up against Tampa Bay. Washington going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Patrick Peterson is not the corner that he once was. And we just saw this past week, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Through for over 400 yards and two touchdowns against this Cardinals defense. We just saw their wide receivers, Greg. Just their wide receivers, not even counting Tyler Higby, combined for 25 receptions, 300 yards, and one touchdown against the Cardinals. So you can throw on them. You can target them, obviously, with tight ends. But wide receivers have been really good against the Cardinals all season long. Washington has a rapport with Duck Hodges. They're going out. They're duck hunting together. Uh, but it is translating onto the field. Two long touchdowns, two weeks in a row for James Washington. I think I would rank Zach Pascal a little bit higher just because I trust Jacoby Brissett more. And going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks, look, their secondary has played better the past couple of weeks. They they did well against Nick Foles last week and Matt Ryan the week before. I'm still not necessarily buying it, and Zach Paschal is on the field a lot. Just played a season-high 70 snaps. Led the team with seven receptions, over 100 yards. I, I think there's something there for Zach Paschal, so I, w- I would rank him a little bit higher than James Washington, assuming both Hilton are, and Juju are out. We were talking before the show started, Frank, about just targeting number one wide receivers on teams uh, before the season starts and hoping yeah, it works that out. That was right? EY's theory. That was EY's another thing. one Absol- that he hit on. Yep, a- Absolutely. But right now, Zach Paschal is the number one wide receiver on his team. Without T.Y. Hilton, there is no Chester Rogers. There is no Eric Ebron. Yeah, Jack Doyle is great. I love Jack, Jack Doyle. You know that. Check to see if he's available. Absolutely. But Zach Paschal, 10 targets last week. Without any of these guys there, he had 10 targets. James Washington, the 3 for 98, or, or, or 3 for whatever it was, was great. Four targets, mm-hmm. right? Maybe before he had seven, so I'm not, I'm not saying that he's not viable, uh, a viable ad, but the 10 targets is a lot for Zach Pascal. Earlier in the year when T.Y. Hilton missed some time, seven targets, twice. Over the past couple, before the game in Houston, um, T.Y. Hilton played, remember that? Three games before that, six targets, seven targets, six targets. Now, he only had 76 yards, 26 yards, and 17 yards. But, wait, wait, wait. Fudge is it? No, Fudge isn't coming back, they said. Okay, thanks, Dan. Um, <laughs> spitting speeds a lot Spitting speeds is giving me uh, false info here. Uh, but anyway, Zach Paschal, he's the man. He is the man. Uh, and I think you're right. Look, targeting number one wide receivers on teams right now, Pascal and James Washington are just that. EY, how about you? When it comes to those two guys, you already spoke about Anthony Miller. Would you go with Pascal at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I was about to say Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I know EY doesn't know who those are. Uh, or James Washington at the Arizona Cardinals. Both really good matchups. Uh, I go Pascal. I mean, and the reality is, he's just got one. Hilton says, I hope I play football again this year, which I mean is a pretty good guess that he's probably not going to play this week. And that means. Pascal will remain the number one receiver. And look, he's not T.Y. Hilton, but he has been getting it done while filling in. And Brissett is just a, a better quarterback. And I believe that they're, they're going to throw the ball. No Marlon Mack is they're going to put the ball in Brissett's hands and let him go after the win. 
Yeah, and look, the Colts want to run the football. We know that. They have the fourth highest rush percentage in the NFL this season. But going up against the Bucs, man, that is a strong run defense. They are number one in run defense DVOA. You've seen some cracks recently, some running backs uh, performing better against them. But I do still think that they are very strong against the run. They're going to try and eliminate, you know, Marlon Mack if he's back or whoever else they're using, Jordan Wilkins, Jonathan Williams, Naheem Hines. And they're going to try and make Jacoby Brissett beat them through the air which is going to lead to more targets for our boy Jack Doyle and Zach Pascal. Want to say anything about the Lizard before we move on? Uh, Alan Lazard, look, he only had three targets last week, but he is seeing some uh, deeper targets, and he caught that long touchdown against the New York Giants. He has another really good matchup against Washington this week, so I think in deeper leagues, you know, if you're desperate, 14-team leagues or deeper, Alan Lazard, you know, a lot of people picked him up when, you know, he emerged with Devontae Adams out. He hasn't had the same role, obviously, over the past couple of weeks, but... Good matchup against Washington. They just allowed a touchdown to Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore in Week 13. I think you can do worse than that matchup for Alan Lazard, but more of a deeper league play for me, Greg. All right, so let's move on from the wide receivers. Let's move on to what? The uh, to the tight ends, Greg. Yes, right. Would you Would you like to grab that Miami Dolphins helmet over there once again and, and slam that back on your head? It hurt my head. Yesterday. And issue an apology to both EY and myself. I did this yesterday. A couple of weeks ago, you said, "quote Mike Gesicki stinks." He does not, not Greg. He does not. I Only needed was a chance. yesterday, Frank. Only <laughs> if you apologized to me over the Ryan Tannehill thing with Matt Ryan, which you apologized for. Thank you. Okay. Now, so we are amicably apologizing. We, I have told, I told people yesterday on the hurry out. I told people yesterday on the BFFs. Mike Isecki is someone that you could start right now. Yeah. Mike Isecki is Let's a tight go. end that you could pick up. And listen, I'm not going to go over his metrics and how amazing he was at the combine and all that nonsense. It's very good. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> what matters to me is what he does on the field. And over the last two weeks, he has produced like a tight end one, like somebody that you could start. And Mike Gusecki belongs in starting lineups this week. A wise man once said, Greg, talent plus opportunity equals fantasy production. And that's exactly what we have with Mike Gusecki. Five straight games with at least six targets. If you remember, when did this all start, Greg? It was against the New York Jets, where he caught all six of his targets for 95 yards. Who does he play this week? The New York Jets. They just allowed C.J. Yazama to have 50 yards, and he should have had a touchdown if he didn't stink. But C.J. Yazama does stink, uh, something that Mike Gusecki does not. So we are going back to the well with Mike Gusecki, and I will throw Jason Witten's name out there again. The Bears... Secondary is strong against wide receivers, and it's actually been a good matchup against tight ends all season long uh, going up against the Chicago Bears. They allow the seventh most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. They allow the fourth most receptions to tight ends. We know Jason Witten. He's going to see some targets. Scored a touchdown last week against the Bills, who are a really good defense. Uh, EY, when it comes to these two guys, Mike Gusecki, Jason Witten, you've been trying to figure out your tight end position all season long. Uh, who are you going to go with between these two guys? For me, I go Gusecki. I mean, just the reality is, is like, look, Jason Witten has proven um, will likely be in the Hall of Fame, but Gusecki is a, a freak. I mean, like, if you look at his, his scores from the combine, this is, I mean, height, weight, uh, jumping uh catch radius uh decent hands he just doesn't you know hasn't really performed up to who he is athletically and i think he's starting to figure that out now tight ends usually develop much slower than running backs and wide receivers it's usually year three year fours when we see a real jump in production where they finally start to understand the the nuances of the position of the nfl level but i feel like we're seeing that happen with Gasecki. and the reality is 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 he has never played with a quarterback that's 
willing to throw him the ball. Uh, Fitzpatrick is not afraid. He's not afraid of anything except for maybe snakes. Uh, and and other than that, uh, I mean, Gusecki is a guy that I have believed in, a guy that I have streamed several times this year. It has burnt me, but I believe he is a top 12 tight end going forward for the rest of the year. Greg, maybe we should just start a Miami Dolphins podcast between all the De- Devontae Parker talk from Eric Young, and then we're talking up Patrick Laird. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick this week as a stream against the New York Jets. You like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you got to like all their pass catchers. One of them is Mike Gusecki. Uh Dolphins podcast coming soon. Ryan Fitzpatrick, certainly a quarterback that you could stream this week off the waiver wire against the New York Jets. Other quarterbacks that we've spoken about today include Doug Hodges. Like He's out there. Uh, Gardner Minshew's back. Yeah, these are more of like super flex quarterbacks yeah. because, you know, Devlin Hodges, you know, people might have not wanted to pick him up because he's Devlin Hodges, but going up against the Cardinals, Drew Locke now starting for the Denver Broncos again. This is a this is more super flex and Gardner Minshew probably wasn't owned in super flex leagues before last week because he wasn't starting, but he is now starting for the rest of the season for the Jaguars and He's shown that he can be fantasy relevant. He makes plays with his legs as well. Uh, I think that Gardner Minshew has shown us something. All right, let me go move on to the defenses that you can stream. I told you I liked Indy against Tampa. Uh, simply put, Jimmy, you know James Winston's going to throw the interceptions. I don't necessarily care uh, about the points that they're going to allow because they'll score points too, but I'll take the turnovers and, and sacks that um, Tampa Bay gives up on a regular basis. Other defenses that you like, Frank, include Tennessee against Oakland, uh, Houston potentially against Denver, uh, and the Packers against Washington. Yeah, the Packers going up against Dwayne Haskins. I like the Carolina Panthers defense going up against Dwayne Haskins in Washington last week, but uh, they got Darius Geis last week, unfortunately. The Texans going up against Drew Lockett. It seems like that Texans secondary has kind of turned a corner. They're playing a little bit better as of late. Uh, and then EY's Tennessee Titans, a very opportunistic defense. The Oakland Raiders offense has just looked terrible over the past three weeks. Yeah, the offense has been inept over the past few weeks. EY, it was great having you back on the show. I'm excited Good to be here, boys. Tomorrow... We'll all do it again. So, for Eric Young and Frank Stanfield, I am Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Fantasy BFFs. Coming up next, it's Wager Talk, followed by At The Window. Have a great night. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We We hope. hope. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Last night was our holiday party and... While it was very fun, Greg, a lot of us are suffering from a rough morning. How'd you sleep, buddy? Oh, boy, Frank. It was a rough one. <laughs> it was a rough one. Last night, our uh, Sports Grid holiday party was a blast. A really, really good time. Mostly everyone was here, which was awesome. Um, and we had a great time, Frank. It, it was really, really fun. Um, we both made it home, which was great. Barely. But. Um, and going to sleep was not pleasant. Waking up was less pleasant. Um, but I feel, at this moment, I feel the best as I felt all day. I ate lunch, which was great. I had a, a salad, but I had a lot of the bread that I had last night. That, that was good. Intern Dave, that intern Dave packed for us. You say lunch, but it's just a salad. It was a good salad. It was a good salad. I feel good. <laughs> I drank a lot of water. I'll probably get more water during the break. Uh, and I'm feeling better. How are you feeling? I'm all right. I- I'm slowly coming along as, as the day goes here, Greg, but... I share a lot of the same sentiments as you. Very rough getting out of bed this morning, uh, but a lot of fun. Game last night was great between the Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, we got to talk about that. A lot of fantasy implications coming out of that game as well. Uh, and of course, we're joined by our good buddy, EY, the lucky one. How's it going, EY? 
Yeah, it's, it's going good, boys. It's good to be me. Uh, Monday Night Raw in the hometown last night, so uh, that was enjoyable. Uh, made an appearance on the actual show. Fairly exciting. Um, had a lot of uh, friends and family in the crowd last night. Enjoyed a, a, a pretty good show. Um, had a bunch of the good brothers back to my place, and I was also up very, very late. 4.30 a.m. Oh bedtime God. for me. Oh, my God. And yeah. EY, EY looks like he's a little... Uh, he does. Like, <laughs> there it is. We're, we're all trying to recover together are, right like, now. And EY, like, was slammed on the mat a few times last night. We wouldn't even do that part. Yeah. Like, right? Like, we just drank. He did the slamming part <laughs> and, and then drank with the good brothers. So it's like... What a night for us. EY, when you say that, you know, you, you had Raw last night in, in your hometown, um, yeah. you mean Parts Unknown? <laughs> parts Unknown, yeah. Well, I, was, I think I was actually announced from Nashville last night. Oh, you were? Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Did you get the hometown pop? I, I suppose you could say that, yeah. Whenever uh, we come through here, the, my last time wrestling here was uh, with NXT. and We sure. were at the heat of our, you know, the very top of our kind of yeah. bad guy heel run as sanity. And we wrestled heavy machinery. And those guys got booed out of the building. And they basically cheered, cheered for me the whole time. And uh, Matt Bloom and uh, uh, Scott, uh, one of the, the, the agents from uh, from NXT, right. made me take the mic and cut a promo. This is definitely my home. Um, this is my, my place. I can live anywhere in the world, sure. literally anywhere. Um, and I choose Nashville, Tennessee. It's my home. There you go. How awesome, how awesome is that, man? And uh, great. hopefully next time you're in Nashville, you get a, a microphone to say that again, but this time on Raw. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. That'd be really, really well, cool. One step at a time, boys. One step at a time.